Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Well, we uh, found out yesterday, very sad news, uh, a man that so many of us around the GTA have uh, spent many a late night with, uh, certainly. Uh, a gentleman by the name of Keith Korea, most know him as the original Kid Rock, uh, has passed away. And uh, Kid was, he was a unique individual, <laughs> to say the least. I remember the first time I met him, uh, in a shocking turn of events, it was in a bar to see a band. Right, and he came storming at me with that uh, the hair, the, with all the sparkles in it, and the glitter on the face, and the glasses, and the the, the sequin outfit. And I just thought, who is this lunatic? <laughs> I think you know what's funny. If you didn't know him, you know, and he, and he went by the original Kid Rock. Yeah. Uh, and if you didn't know who he was, and you're thinking, well, who are you talking about? Mm. The second you describe him, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like okay, you know, you know, darker skin, uh, wild clothing, yeah, and crazy hair, kind of an Elton John knockoff. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know if it's, it's that. It's, it's it's like Harley Quinn for dudes at concerts. Like he was just, he was really. Out there, no, oh, yeah, so eccentric, yeah, uh, in his personality. But uh, just you know, in my dealings with him, a great dude, yeah, um, a lovely man. And 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 he, I don't know that I've ever known anybody in my life, and I'm sure anybody who dealt with him, there was nobody who loved live music, right, more than the original Kid Rock, and like live events, and, and so well connected, like he yeah. had a connection. At uh, at the uh, well now Scotiabank Arena, but Air mm-hmm. Canada Center, like he was at everything, oh, he knew and everybody, and in like great seats or sections yeah. or boxes or backstage, yeah. like you'd find him everywhere. Oh yeah, and he would know about upcoming tours and shows before even like we at radio stations would know about them. He'd reach out to me and say. Stones are going to be rolling into the Phoenix. Right. I just I just talked to so and so. It was like Keith Richards, you know, aide. Right. Like he just, yeah, he yeah. was. And part of you, because of it, you'd look at him and you think, well, how is he, how would you know this? Yeah. <laughs> sure, I'm going to believe you. Yeah. But no, he was right. And yeah, uh, and many a photo. Certainly, if you uh, if you ever met him in a bar or saw him at a show, chances are you ended up in a photo with him and on his Facebook page, right? Which was taken down numerous times. <laughs> I was going to say which Facebook page. <laughs> God, he was so much fun. A lot of people loved him. Uh, Facebook standards, yeah. not so much. As yeah. his, uh, <laughs> his loving partner Carol uh, did uh, describe on on Facebook yeah. as well. Um, you know what? Our, our thoughts go out uh, to his uh, family: Ivor, Sylvia, David, Jen, Bruce, and Al as well. Um, he was only sixty three. Yeah, and, very uh, young, very young, uh, and and a legend in the uh, you know, the rock community, the music community, uh, just uh, the GTA in mm-hmm. general. I think originally he was a mail carrier. I think he worked for. Uh, Post, yeah, he went to the post. Yeah, uh, and and did that forever, and then spent his evenings just running around in clubs and bars. And he spoke openly uh, on Facebook uh, with the passing of his parents. He uh, I, I, from I never really spoke to him about it in person because usually it was in a dark club with too many beers in us to right. have some kind of heartfelt conversation about the loss of his parents. But he. He spoke openly about his his father telling him to uh, to get a job, a serious job, a real job. So he took that in the post office as much as he was passionate about music, 
and then that became his uh, his off time, uh, running around and seeing shows, and 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 not just a guy who went to like the big shows. He'd go see a band at a corner pub somewhere. Yeah, like oh, he yeah. just loved live music. Uh, he he was always uh, out, and and you know what? I, when I heard, when I heard the news yesterday, I got a, a, a message from his his brother Bruce, and um, when I heard it, I originally instantly was sad, mm. and, and and not necessarily you know of course sad that that he's gone but um but you know you have to admire the way the man just lived (laughs) right like he 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 lived life to the fullest um and got everything out of his 63 years everything um and he lived the way he wanted to Mm -hmm. uh, because you know a lot of people would look and and have him pass by i mean listen there were times when I would see him approach me and go, oh, crap, I don't want to be covered in glitter tonight. Um, <laughs> Adrian's going to think I was at the peelers uh, again. Yeah. Adrian's going to wonder. Uh, like, no, I was with Kid Rock. I That's swear. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and not Here's only the photo. that, I was like, yeah, there's going to be a photo. It's going to be next to some groceries yeah. and uh, and a bad plate of food that he's going to post a picture of as well. Uh, but and I was like, oh, my goodness, is this how I want my social media mm. to be remembered uh, with Kid Rock? But I was also sad because... It, it reminds me of the fact that for three years we haven't been able to see the characters mm-hmm. like that, and and that you know I missed them, and yeah. uh, and he will be uh, certainly missed as well. A, a true legend, yeah. in our community, the original Kid Rock. If you uh, if you think that you've spent some late nights in Toronto and running around the GTA, there is nobody who saw the seedier side or the underbelly. <laughs> Of Toronto. Like, I'm sure he's forgotten more late nights, early dawns. Right. uh, With some real sketchy dudes and interesting characters. Uh, That guy was everywhere and, and never stopped. So, yeah. He was the original. He was a beauty. I would say rest in peace, but I don't know if that's possible for him. Do you have full blown conversations with Coop? Uh, I don't know about full-blown, but I certainly <laughs> talked to him. More than half, like almost three-quarters of people say they discuss their day, their personal life. Oh. Everything yeah, with yeah, their dog. Yeah. I'm sure cat owners are probably even more like that because they're just sitting around watching them all the time. Well, it's funny you mention that because uh, actually it's the opposite. The, the conversations are more with uh, with dogs oh, than really? with cats. Well, because cats, I don't think, stay in the room. They don't put up with your BS. Gotcha. They just leave. Yeah. Whereas dogs will just sit there and think, well, if I sit through this boring conversation, I'll, right. get, a, I'll get a walk or a treat yeah. out of this. But Well, I think dog owners, and I'm guilty of this, will will ask their dog questions as if they expect <laughs> an answer coming back. Like, I'll come back and say, hey, Coop, how was your day? And he'll give me a lick. <laughs> like, what do you want for dinner? Every Coop? now and then, I, you know, I catch myself, especially when I'm walking him and mm-hmm. I'm having a chat with him as oh, I'm yeah. doing that. I'm like, man, they must think I'm crazy. Oh, sure. I know with uh, Sully living with us, uh, my son's girlfriend's dog, he, I'll come in and I'll be like, how you doing, Sully? What's going on? Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah, of course. Yeah, what's he going to say? <laughs> I don't know, nothing, Craig. Just look at my balls. Do you, you mind? He just gets excited and pees on the floor. How many uh, different decisions do you think you consciously make in a day? Ooh. Oh, man. Like, if you've driven somewhere, you'd think there's probably, like, thousands. It's not thousands, but it's a lot. 122. Okay. Is the, on average, the right. amount of different decisions, or one decision every eight minutes. Wow. And it's, it's really just, a lot of it is just mundane stuff, like what to watch on TV. It's just hard sometimes. There's so much to watch. Right. 
what to eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, what to wear every day. Was it Steve Jobs who um, wore the same jeans and turtleneck kind of thing? Yeah. That, so that there was no decision to be made. That was one less decision. Yeah. I mean, even our old pally Dean Blundell, he talked about how he was always black T-shirt, right? Jeans, true. That was his entire wardrobe, huh? So there was nothing to to think about. Yeah, uh, whether to buy something or not, whether to work out or not, not. <laughs> that's, that's an easy shutdown decision. <laughs> what time to go to bed? Should you have one more of something like a cookie or a beer? Right. Whether or not to ask somebody out. Meal planning for the week whether you should go out with friends or just stay in. 122 different decisions every day. Wow. Yeah, that to me seems low. Seems like a lot to me. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Because I, I, I think um, I think we just do it so kind of randomly. Yeah. We're thinking about it, but we're not conscious, really, that we are thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, okay. We're yeah, just I going guess, through I guess the robotics. Just, it's not necessarily just decisions, but conscious decisions mm-hmm. that we make. Yeah. Because when you think about, like, important stuff you contemplate in a day, your finances or whether or not to get a divorce. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Then, you know, there's hopefully not a lot of those thoughts during the day. (laughs) (laughs) Or some people are consumed by those thoughts. Team Canada gets going today and certainly uh, Hockey Canada have been in the spotlight for a while. They're playing Latvia, so go Latvia. <laughs> Let's go Latvia. Let's go. Uh, and I was wondering um, if the uh, the guy who was running the show, is it Scott Smith? Was that his name who was running the show at uh, uh, Hockey Canada? Yeah, he was uh, CEO, was originally uh, at one point the CEO of Hockey Canada and then um, there's another uh, chair of the board that has stepped down as well, been replaced uh, yesterday, they announced uh, Toronto lawyer Andrea Skinner will take over that role. Yeah, because for a while there. Now, you were off when the story was really breaking. You were on your vacation, and Katie was in, and we were talking quite a bit about it. And uh, at the time, the guy who was running it, and I believe his name was Scott Smith. Right, yeah. Um, he was just basically, I'm not going anywhere until the board tells me to. And he was kind of defiant and all of that. And people were surprised that he was taking that uh, stance in it all. When many times um, people who were at the top of a uh, an organization, when that kind of scandal breaks, will immediately say, okay, I'm stepping aside. Somebody else has to come in and, and uh, oversee this. But he didn't, and now he has been uh, removed. And good, that's, uh, I guess, start one or uh, step one. But, uh, boy, Hockey Canada has a, a lot of uh, rebuilding to do, uh, certainly. You'll see a very different um, World Junior Hockey Tournament. Uh, this year for so many reasons um you know it's being done in the summer for one right uh, this is you know take two after covid ended the original tournament you remember over the holiday time mm-hmm. um but not only that if you're if you're watching tonight you may notice there's not a lot of rink boards mm. not a lot of advertisers uh at, at this one where normally there's some major advertisers you know uh, Esso being, I think, one of the major, major yeah, big corporations. Yeah. Uh, but some major corporations who have uh, who've said, uh-uh, um, you know, we've pulled our funding and our backing of this until you've, you know, 
cleaned up your house. Yeah, and it all goes back to 2013. Was that uh, when this, uh, there's the two, team? There's 2018 team and a 2003 team now where allegations are being made and and so the story is very graphic and horrible but it's basically it's it's about sexual abuse and uh women who were um ab- abused uh, by the assaults yeah assaults on uh on this woman from uh players on these uh, teams and uh there is video supposedly that was taken and and there's somebody who's running the camera or walking beside the camera who's basically doing commentary about what's going to go down and so when you have that kind of situation and that kind of brazen uh, attitude, then you know there's this isn't the first time this has happened. And, and it's very graphic and very horrible, and it involves a woman and players and a pool table, and, and it's, it's really just a, a, a sickening situation. And, um, you know, there's a, a, I've heard and read about many people who... Uh, uh, are associated in one way or another with with um, Hockey Canada, who will have nothing to do with it anymore. Many people talking about how any Hockey Canada paraphernalia they once had, they've gotten rid of. Um, it's a really deep, deep, dark problem um, in this country, much probably like college football is in the U.S. I was going to say, it's <laughs> so revered and so adored that anytime something like this crops up, if you are a massive, passionate fan about it, and this happened when you were off, I had a couple of arguments with people through text, you know, because I would go on my rants about hockey culture and I couldn't stand the people involved and the players and frat boys and all of that. And boy, people really got upset with me. And I get it because of the love and the passion and the fact that it's a religion, although I call it more of a cult but, in this country. Here's the, here's the thing, uh, uh, and I will, in some ways, defend it. I can't I can't defend by any means the the actions of these players or of Hockey Canada and this slush fund that they had to pay it out. Mm-hmm. That to me is absolutely wrong. And as a hockey parent, one who pays fees uh, to the Ontario Hockey Federation and and that they funded up to Hockey Canada mm-hmm. as well, part of you know all of your fees for playing hockey in Canada, mm. you know, go up and filter up to supporting Hockey Canada and their programs. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm upset by that, by the way that they've acted uh, throughout all of this. But to me, the problem here, and of course, I, you know, uh, being involved with hockey and, and calling hockey games, at, at, you know, now at a, a national level and, and being ingrained in the game to me, it's not a hockey issue. It's an entitlement issue. Mm. You know, yes, hockey obviously gets a focus in Canada. But as you said, this is an entitlement issue with young players, specifically boys, mm-hmm. uh, in sport, uh, in different sports and cultures throughout the world, mm-hmm. and certainly North America, where, you know, this, the, the mentality is, is that, you know, we can do as we want because we're future stars mm-hmm. or, you know, women will like love us because they want to be of the puck bunny me- mentality yep. um, to which, you know, in other cultures, you know, could be basketball, could be football, could be future star potential mm-hmm. and an entitlement that athletes get because of their stardom or potential as athletes. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. I agree with you, and um, and I know it's a, an awkward situation for you because you are uh, very much involved in the sport, and, and I'm I'm happy and glad to see you take that stance because we really haven't talked about it. And, and when the story broke and you were away, 
I was like, oh, I wish Lucky was here because this would be a great conversation to have. But it was also a great conversation to have with Katie because Katie was, as a girl, very much involved in hockey because her brothers all played and mm-hmm. her father was hugely involved in the game. And she she has stories of yeah. the way hockey players treated her uh, g- growing up. And, yes, you're 100% correct about the the puck bunnies and all of that. I, I, I never saw it until I got to Windsor. And I think it's in those smaller markets where... You know, so many uh, maybe young ladies are looking for a way out of that town. These guys are that ticket out, and the two don't mix well. And 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 it's a horrible situation. And as much as, um, you know, hockey players uh, and young hockey players are groomed to deal with the media, perhaps along the way they should have said to them, oh, and also, just a heads up, guys, rape, not good. Right. Let's not do that. Yeah. Um, and... I, 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 hockey players are popular because hockey is popular in this country mm-hmm. uh, of, of the way that this country, you know, reveres the game. Yeah. But, you know, similar situations happen in all walks of life, mm-hmm. um, you know, be it <laughs> high finance or you know, those who are have lots of money there, or pop, you know, popularity, success down to high school, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there's the popular crowd that seem to maybe get away with more, or at least attract more attention to them um, because of their, their status as being popular or good looking or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the problem that I have with all of this, one is the, the behavior is ridiculous. Uh, you know, it, it is completely unacceptable. But again, it's the way that it was handled within the organization. Mm-hmm. Let's keep this quiet. Let's use this money to pay someone off, mm-hmm. right? And let's you know try and keep the authorities out of it because of the future star potential of these players. That's not the way our system is supposed to operate. And and you know when we see people who are treated differently because of a status, mm-hmm. we get upset by that. And so people have every right to be upset with Hockey Canada mm-hmm. uh, and the organization and those who handled it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, upset with the game? Uh, no. no, no, I don't think you can. No, and and currently, and you can't even necessarily be upset with the the team, the roster that is currently playing today. No, because they have nothing to they do. Have with nothing it. to do with it. Uh, that's that's right. right. And even for me, because I want everybody to burn, of course, right. because of the way I feel about the game. But I, I understand that completely. There are young just, men who are playing today who have nothing to do. Just walk around with everyone who's a hockey player and say, "Oh, you must be a rapist." It exactly. Doesn't work that way. One hundred percent. Exactly. And look, this even goes up as far as the minister of sport in this country because that's also who doles out the money right for all of this so it's uh it's just a a horrible situation and and a a tragic one and i i wonder now what happens moving forward with any of those players who were a part of that in 2013 and 08 but more so 13 because some of them would now be NHL, perhaps NHL players. Very much so. So, d- what happens to them uh, if they're playing currently for the Las Vegas Knights or whoever? Are they done? Should they be removed? Should they? Oh, they should face uh, you know first and foremost the law. Yeah. Right. And and then it it follows from there. Yeah. You know, if there's a fallout from there, so be it. Mm-hmm. Right. But you know this this cloak and dagger treatment. That you know, we're we're not going to release names and the right. you know, the police. Where we're, there was a uh, like a gag order, basically um, put over the entire situation. And you know, 
um, even amid the settlement, they told this young woman that she couldn't tell her story, yeah. like a non-disclosure agreement. That's got to end. Yeah. You know, like, sorry, if you, if you were guilty of it, and if, you know, you want to say mob mentality, I, I, you know, I didn't really take part, but I was there holding the camera. Mm-hmm. Guess what? You're taking part. Yeah. You know, and, and those players who are associated with that team who had nothing to do with it mm-hmm. have made statements already saying, I had nothing to do with this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the the ones who are silent right now are the ones that the focus is rightfully on. The only problem with even the ones who said I had nothing to do with this, and of course they're not guilty of anything, but they're just guilty of knowing. Like, you could probably talk to any hockey player, and they know dark secrets. They've seen dirty deeds. Right. They, they, you know, we all know. But, of course, when you're a young man coming up in a game and with a potential for a career, you're going to, you know, even if you hear or see things, you're going to keep your mouth shut for the most part until push comes to shove. Listen, there's things in our industry that have happened as of late that I was witness to, and I didn't open my mouth either. So right. I was going to say, in all walks of life, that that's going to happen. You know, yeah. you're going to know people who, you know, quote unquote, get away with something, or yeah. uh, or you know, are not and- are not fantastic people, but yep. you have to work with them. Yep, and uh, and get through things. Yep. Uh, you know, it, is it on? Is the onus on them? Uh, no, because Hockey Canada knew about this, mm-hmm. and the police in London knew about this. Yep. So why is it the players' fault? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, who wasn't involved and wasn't there, but heard the rumor? Why is the onus on them to come forward? And that's why I think Hockey Canada is is paying an appropriate price for this mm-hmm. because it's an investigation. It needs to, it needs to go all the way up. Yep, certainly it does. And it it's, it also gives us a, a moment to 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 think about where uh, where and when our passions are too strong for something. And like I said, much with the NFL and college football. I think Hockey Canada understands and has always known how in love we are with the game and this country reveres it. And so it holds so much importance to us. Sometimes the the stakes are too high when we when we care and we're you know committed yeah. so much to something. Well, and and listen, that's that's happening now. We are seeing it definitely in politics, mm-hmm. right? Where. You may have passionately cared about something, but we didn't really talk about it mm-hmm. for for the longest while. Now it's open game, mm-hmm. and and people are so passionately divided that when you see something that is wrong, mm-hmm. you will say, "No, nah, no, it that I'm okay with that mm-hmm. because I believe in what that person believes in." <laughs> it's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Well, look at. The game starts today for Team Canada against Latvia. And if you watch and enjoy, do that. Of course, again, the guys playing today have nothing to do with I feel with bad this. for them. Yeah. I, I, I really do. Because yeah. they're, you know, and, and especially if they're asked questions about it. Because they have zero mm. to do with it. They've reached, you know, what is a pinnacle of a, of a Canadian junior hockey player's career. It's a mm-hmm. chance to uh, to represent their country at the World Junior Hockey Tournament. Uh, it is, is one of the staples, but it, it, there's a dark cloud hanging over. And I would just hope they've all learned from it. Because as much as they've got nothing to do with this, they learn live in that culture and there's many of them who still probably walk with that mentality that I can get away with anything because I'm a junior hockey player coming out of Sault Ste. Marie and the world is my oyster and hopefully they are sat down and told look you might be a great hockey player but you still have to be a human being yeah you know well and and listen there there are many that have been very good 
Mm-hmm. You know, sure. And, and 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 I've watched it. I've seen it. I've I've you know I can tell you I've seen both types of personalities come through sure. in in the, my years in junior hockey. You know, then there are the ones that you you know are players not only on the ice but off. Mm-hmm. Right, and there are others that are stars on the ice mm-hmm. and off the ice. They're very fine young men. Right, so you know this does paint everything with a dark brush. But mm. again, the organization deserves it. Go Latvia. (laughs) You want to be the most attractive person in the room? We've got some tips for you here. Things you can do to make yourself seem very attractive. Oh. Of course. (laughs) I don't need any. (laughs) I just just know I am. Uh, Some woman who calls herself a holistic life coach is going viral on TikTok after posting tricks to make yourself, quote, the most attractive person in the room. Uh, One of her tips is to use your hands when you talk. It makes you seem more confident and more engaging. Okay. Although sometimes it can be a bit much. I've noticed of me when I've had a few too many sips. Right. My hands get very aggressive in my... Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I've told the story before. Of, uh, I would, I was chatting and knock people's drinks out of their hands. Yes. Uh, yeah. So you got to be careful with that. But I find, especially when I do the television stuff, I don't know what to do with my hands. Mm. Right. Like I feel like I don't want to be handsy. Shove me down your pants. Now you're talking. Well, that might be inappropriate as well, <laughs> and a little bit awkward. <laughs> but but yeah, if you just stand there with your hands, because I don't know. Do you play it cool, like hands in your pockets? Mm. Right? But then it might look like you're fumbling with your bits. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I guess you want to be relaxed. And if you relax, your sh- if your hands are up, your shoulders yeah. are likely relaxed. I watch uh, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver a lot. And I noticed, and it's gotten to the point now where it's almost distracting. In that his, because he sits at a desk and his arms are out in front of him, he's always twidgeting, t- uh, twitching with his fidgeting, fingers. Yeah. Fidgeting, with his fingers and like wrapping them around. And I mean, the guy's brilliant and the, the, the stuff he talks about is spot on. But I find myself now too, too caught watching right. just his hands and not well, listening to what he says. And when you look at some of like the, the best impressionists of all time, it's usually one of the cues they pick up on mm-hmm. is their hands, mm-hmm. right? Like look at presidents and, and how, you know, like it was like Bill Clinton, I think, was like the like the thumb, yeah, right, that he would always kind of use. You know, Trump's hands were all over the place, and you know, doing weird like Elaine dance moves when he was on stage. But it was, but it's usually their hands mm-hmm. that are are part of the focus when someone when they're talking. With Dana Carvey, when he used to do Bush, yeah, you know, he'd do that whole thing. Uh, if you want to be the most attractive person in the room, walk around with wet hair. Oh. Yes, like you just got out of the shower. Sultry. Uh-huh. Is that, uh, is that a clean thing, you think? Probably, yeah, probably. There's something probably sexy about it. People think you were just recently naked. Speak slowly. Take lots of pauses when you talk. Rushing through your words make you seem insecure. Right. Taking your time makes you seem relaxed. Probably a little less spitty, too, when you're yeah. having a close-up conversation. Smile like you mean it and have warm body language. When you're genuinely having a good time, people are attracted to that. And here's something that I have all the time. Sexual energy. Oh. Uh, She defines this as uh, confidence in yourself and letting your sexual energy flow. I was going to say confidence is such a big part. There's some people who could just walk into a room and almost like take over the room. It's just Mm -hmm. because they're confident when they walk in. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm overly confident. 
when really... <laughs> you don't have the goods to back it up? <laughs> I shouldn't be at all. Rock Mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.